Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And this week's current mood combo, we're going to talk all about taking back your time. I'm joined with Chrissy Wright this week, who is a number one bestselling author, personal growth expert, and host of The Chrissy Wright Show. She's also the founder of Business Boutique, which equips women to make money doing what they love. Regardless of where you are today, Chrissy will help you build confidence in yourself and redefine what balance means to you. We talk a lot about balance on the podcast, and even when we have other guests on, we kind of ask them about balance and stuff. And so I was really excited to talk to Chrissy about taking back your time, and especially as a woman, trying to find out what balance means and finding it in your life. Chrissy's book is called Take Back Your Time. It's now available for pre-order because she believes that you weren't created to live busy and burn out. You shouldn't be haunted by the idea of balancing it all, and the good news is there is a solution, and it starts with taking back your time the guilt-free way. Keyword guilt-free way you guys I learned so much from Chrissy she's so inspiring it's such a good mood booster just like pick me up and I really like the way she kind of thinks of the word balance and taking back your time I think it's a little bit different than what we've kind of talked about on the podcast before in a sense of like productivity and that guilt-free idea so I really like the way we approached this conversation and I learned a lot and it really made me feel like I do need to rejigger some stuff in my life so you guys are really going to love this combo that I have with Chrissy. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood this week was just putting one foot in front of the other. I think sometimes when you're going through a lot, when you feel overwhelmed, when life feels confusing, if you're someone that's prone to having bad days or having anxiety or kind of just like running from things, you know, it's really good to just put one foot in front of the other. And especially when maybe you don't even know what you should be doing, right? And we talk a lot about shoulding and like, oh, I should do this, I should do that. And it causes a lot of guilt and judgment and shame. And an easy solution that I know to do with myself is to just do the next right thing and just put one foot in front of the other. Don't think too far in advance because maybe life feels too just crazy and too insane. And all you can really do is put one foot in front of the other. And it's so much better than just, you know, like, staying in bed or having a bad day and like really just like ruining your whole week your whole day and I've had a lot of stuff on my plate recently it feels very overwhelming and confusing and my best mood is is just truly kind of trusting the process and putting one foot in front of the other because I always like to do that hindsight approach where it's like look at how much you've gotten through already look at what you've already dealt with look at you're still standing here right and so it's just like put one foot in front of the other and deal with everything as it comes and things can feel really scary when you look at a big picture or when you look at you know 
your future, right? There could be a lot of fear. And so as long as you just keep doing the next right thing, put one foot in front of the other and take it one step at a time, it just turns your worst mood a little bit into your best mood because you're able to just be a little bit more present in your life and enjoy where you are and remember that it's okay to feel two things at once. We always talk about how you can feel really, really happy and feel sad. You don't have to be one or the other. Life isn't black and white. And so kind of living in that gray area and putting one foot in front of the other can help your worst mood become a little bit more of a best mood. Because my worst mood this week was just really being crowded with fear and really kind of letting fear drive the bus. And I always say that like, You're allowed to feel your feelings. You want to honor your feelings. But at the end of the day, your feelings aren't driving the bus, right? Like you are in charge. Your feelings are just along for the ride. You can honor them. You can feel them as they come. And so I was just really, really overcrowded with fear to the point where I almost let it drive the bus like a few times this week. And I think I'm so aware of my own emotions and my feelings that it almost gets frustrating where I'm like, oh my God, Lauren, like what are you doing? Like you're genuinely making a decision out of fear right now, like stop. And it's such a great point you get to when you can actually acknowledge and notice that while it's happening, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily still easy to put one foot in front of the other in that moment. So it's a learning curve and it gets easier and better with time. A few years ago, maybe even a year ago, definitely a year ago, actually, I wouldn't have thought, am I thinking out of fear? Am I making decisions out of fear? Am I letting my feelings drive the bus? So even just getting to a place where you're kind of like aware and like challenging your feelings and questioning them and just being more insightful with them, that is something to be proud of. And it's a good step and it means that you're on the right track. And so for me, I was very, very overcrowded with fear this week. And I had this great metaphor that my therapist told me that kind of just like totally sums it up. And she said, you know, when you do like a really big puzzle, it's like 500 pieces and you, you know, you dump out all the pieces on the table. And if you do puzzles a lot, you probably, you know, start to kind of organize them, right? Because it looks really, really overwhelming. So maybe you color code them, you try to find the outside pieces first and you start organizing them because you know it's a puzzle and you know that you're going to put it together and it looks really overwhelming. So you're going to just start putting it into piles and organizing it. And she said that what you basically do right now at least, is, you know, you started organizing, you started identifying what's what, and, you know, the puzzle pieces are like feelings and things in your life. You're identifying them, you're acknowledging them, you're organizing them, maybe taking, like, thinking which step at a time to take. She said, you just go in right now and you just look at all the organization you've done. You just look, you look at the puzzle. You're like, oh my God, I'm never going to finish it. I'm never going to be able to put this together. This is so overwhelming. And you just take your hands and you just shuffle everything all over the fucking place. And of course I laughed and I was just like, no, that's so true. Because when you think about it with something like a puzzle, as opposed to like all your feelings in your brain, it's, she's like, you've, you know, these things, right? The same way, you know, a puzzle, like you, you know, anxiety, you know, sadness, you, you know, the tools that you're equipped to deal with them. And she was like, so instead of like shuffling it around, like, try to organize it and try not to be intimidated by it and even when she was saying the metaphor I was like yeah but I like when you say that like I want to finish the puzzle like I want to organize puzzle like I don't want to go in and like make things chaotic right like that's kind of what I was talking about a few weeks ago where I said like I'm the problem where it's like I don't want to 
be making problems in my own life for myself because sometimes it's easier for our bodies to feed off negativity and to create more problems and to build panic on top of panic. And so I just really liked the puzzle metaphor to like take myself even out of it and just be like, oh, okay, like I see what I would be doing with my feelings in relation to a puzzle metaphor. And it's kind of silly and it kind of makes me feel like, oh yeah, like I'm that I'm that girl that goes in and just fucks up the puzzle. Like, I don't want to be the one that fucks up the puzzle, right? So it's just something to think about. Maybe you can relate to it, but it really helps you remember that, like, it might look really overwhelming. You might have had a really big week or you have a big week coming up. Just, like, keep organizing. Just, like, take one step at a time. Put one foot in front of the other and try to trust the process. And maybe if it's not too scary, enjoy the process. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp which is amazing because that's what we love here at Mood. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe the puzzle metaphor is even something you can't comprehend how to even do the puzzle. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line, you guys. It is not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in that uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. That definitely takes a big stressor out of it, you guys. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash mood. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. You're not the only one that needs to go to therapy or wants to go to therapy. And this is such a great gateway into that world and you will feel so comfortable doing it at home and they just make it so easy you guys so don't forget i have a special offer for my mood listeners you can get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash mood for my mood boosters this week i mean listen when you're just busy shuffling the puzzle pieces apparently it doesn't make a lot of time for mood boosters just kidding i really have been focusing on the small mood boosters like i said last week and it really makes a difference because sometimes when life is just like flying by and everything's happening so fast, you really realize that if those mood boosters aren't kind of close to being habitual, you really lose track of everything. So I'm definitely grateful that I have like some habitual mood boosters. And especially when you guys listen to this current mood convo, I think it's going to make us think differently about what mood boosters are actually important enough to put on our calendar. So remember me saying that when you listen to this current mood convo, because it kind of, I don't know, like it just clicked for me in a different way and made me think about things differently and kind of how I'm structuring my life a little bit. But some mood, some mood boosters for me this week were, were definitely like taking time to myself to recharge. And I don't know anything about myself when it comes to like introverted, extroverted, 
But I definitely needed a couple days this week where I just kind of excused myself from larger group gatherings and took the time to be by myself. I even took one day where I woke up early. I went and I worked out and I just did like a little bit of retail therapy. And it's not something that genuinely solves anything. But sometimes when your life like feels chaotic, it's nice to just feel like in control and do something for yourself and just feel like you're a little bit normal. I also like doing things for other people. Like when I was out like doing this like quote unquote little mini retail therapy session, I got a couple gifts for people that reminded me of them or things that I thought that someone would appreciate. Like that's just kind of like one of my love languages and something that makes me feel good is always doing things for other people. But that doesn't mean you always have to be doing them like IRL, like face-to-face, right? Like you can be thinking of someone, you could be texting someone, you could get a little thing for someone, but still be spending time with yourself. So it was a nice way to kind of balance that, okay, I want to be of service to other people, but I kind of need to do it a little bit by myself and recharge a little bit. And so whether that's just like going out, I like literally ran to the Amazon bookstore and Sephora really quick and then went home, cleaned my apartment, did all my laundry, like took like a 20 minute nap. And then I was kind of like ready to go and, you know, whether it was work or be with my family, but I needed that little break for myself or else like I just get so exhausted and so worn down. And I like doing things for other people. I like being there for other people. And if I don't take care of myself, like I I can't do it to the best of my ability. And that's something that took me a really long time to realize. But now that I'm kind of had that little more habitual mood boosting aspect, like even just going to the grocery store this week for the first time in two weeks was so nice to just like run errands and like get stuff. And it sounds so silly and so mundane, but it's just kind of like doing those things that like make you feel like you're in control of your own life and you're just doing something normal. Maybe when you're experiencing like abnormal things in your life, which like I kind of am right now. So those little like normal mood boosters made me feel really good. And I think a mood booster, honestly, too, was just getting rid of guilt for the week. And it's something that I kind of like decided on Monday last week for the week ahead is that I needed to stop feeling guilty and like whether it was like something I actually had to be guilty for or whether it was just me being my worst critic and putting that guilt upon myself. And so when I made my decisions throughout the week, I really kind of stopped to think, okay, is this something that is meaningful to me? Do I want to do it? Like, am I, like, I don't know how to explain it, but just like, I'm someone that really wants to make other people happy, right? So when it comes to taking the time for myself, like I just said, the first step was kind of taking away that guilt, was like really consciously making this, the choice to take care of myself and not feel guilty for it. That really helped me get through the week because if you're going to take care of yourself and feel guilty about it, you're really not taking care of yourself at all. It's like you're ruining the whole thing, right? And so a mood booster for me this week was taking the guilt out of it because it was just ruining the process. It's like either way, I'm going to need you know that hour to take care of myself. So I either ruin it with the guilt and you know screw up the rest of my day or I take the guilt out of it, have a good hour to myself, and then get back to what I'm doing. And so a big mood boost... So a big mood booster this week was definitely taking guilt out of the equation in general so that I could just make conscious, better decisions and choices throughout my week as I balance everything that's on my plate right now. And that's really it for mood boosters. I haven't really had any time to do anything crazy or fancy or fabulous, but I think just making good decisions, making good choices, being gentle with myself and honoring my feelings in a guilt-free, shame-free way is the best mood booster I could ask for this week. I think being vulnerable with other people, leaning on people, not being afraid to ask for help so that I can better, you know, help other people is 
something that's really important to me right now. And I think even going into this week, I need to really remember to take guilt out of the equation because we're only making things harder on ourselves. And at the end of the day, like we are the we are the only ones that need to live with our choices. And whether that's taking an hour of self-care, whether that's sleeping in, like don't guilt yourself, make the decision and stick with it. And it could be anything from, like I said, small to big, whatever it is, it's your life and you have to live with it. And so just try to live it the best you're capable of, even when maybe you're having a little bit more worse moods. Another great mood booster is our sponsor today, Magic Mind. Magic Mind is seriously so cool, you guys. It are these little bottles packed full of all natural ingredients. They have adaptogens to help decrease stress. They have nootropics to boost blood flow and cognition. And they have matcha to keep you focused. So it's really lighter on caffeine, unlike regular energy drinks. And it has that minimal caffeine that comes from matcha tea. And you guys know that's my favorite kind of caffeine because quitting coffee is hard and Magic Mind increases productivity while reducing coffee cravings and preventing that caffeine crash. So you can crush your to-do list. The extra productivity and focus allows you to be more successful and conquer to-do lists faster and give you more time to spend with your loved one. It's really good for fighting off brain fog, some ADD symptoms, some procrastination, and after three to seven days of continuous use, it's actually easier to get in a flow state and be more productive and drink less coffee. It tastes really, really great, and I just love that it's jam-packed with all of these amazing ingredients. I just wake up, drink it in the morning, drink it before a workout, and I hate that caffeine jitter feeling, so I love that this has the matcha green tea, the green tea... And I love that this has the caffeine from the matcha green tea in it. You guys know I love adaptogens and all that stuff. It's like seriously such a game changer. You can just literally pop one open in the morning. So good. Even throw it in your purse because they're cute and little. I mean, you guys have to go check them out. So switch up your morning routine and go to www.magicmind.co slash mood. And you guys can use code mood20 for 20% off. Go check it out, you guys. You know I love little wellness treats and little mood boosters, so definitely go to magicmind.co slash mood and use code MOOD20 for 20% off. Now let's jump into our current mood combo with Chrissy Wright, author, coach, and speaker. I think you guys are really going to love this hype up sessions. She's so fun. She's so sweet. Don't forget to follow Mood on Instagram because we are dropping our merch soon. So head over to Instagram at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth for all the updates. And you can obviously follow me as well at Lauren Elizabeth and enjoy this current Mood Convo. I'm so excited to have you on. I obviously have internet stalked you and I'm so excited that you have a book coming out soon. Authors are always my favorite to have on the podcast because you guys just know what you're talking about. I mean, hello, you have a whole book to write about. But before we jump into the book, which is something, and it's funny and it's ironic because I almost the other day I told my mom, I was like, I feel like I'm almost at the point where I could do maybe like a solo podcast episode about balance and how I'm like balancing my time. And I'm so glad that you're on the podcast because I know after we record or after we talk, I'm going to be like, I have no idea what I'm doing and you know everything. <laughs> so how did you get started? Like, were you like speaking first? Did, was it the author first? Was it your like helping females in business first? Give me a little bit of like background about how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I was actually a project manager here at our company, Ramsey Solutions. This was like a million years ago. Okay. Like 2009, 2010. And, um, and at that time, we, our company didn't have speakers, didn't have authors. It was Dave Ramsey, the man, the brand, the CEO, all that. Well, they, um, that fall of 2010, after I'd gone on the road that summer to kind of um, speak and help out at his daughter, just literally just kind of raised my hand like, hey, I'll help out 
because it, there was a need. That fall, our company created um, a speakers group and it was five men and two women. And they kind of slid me in that group because I'd done a good job that summer. Well, uh, Dave Ramsey had been turning down 3,000 requests a year for speaking events. And so like, we need more speakers. So they created the speaker group, speakers group and I kind of, you know, was slid into this. Well, I started speaking. And I was doing this on the side. So nights and weekends, in addition to my real job of being a project manager, right? Well, early on in the speakers group, all the speakers had like a message, like this is their thing. And they had a market, like these are their people, except me. So I just kind of became this catch-all, Lauren. Like any request we got on anything, it was like, send Christy. Can someone speak on corporate change? Yes, send Christy. Can someone speak on uh, high school bullying? Yes, send Christy. Can someone speak on life balance? Sure can, send Christy. And so what's funny <laughs> is it, I just became this like jack of all trades, right? Like just writing messages for different markets, doing research, like really learn. It was in, this incredible training ground as a speaker to learn how to speak on almost anything to almost anyone, right? But what I found was that very first um that very first year, I got booked to speak at Purdue University, and it was a women's event, and it was on the topic of life balance. So I did all this research. I was single. I didn't have kids, but I was like, this is, I need to, I need to know what I'm talking about, right? So I like start learning about it, and I, I write this talk, and I go give this, this talk, the very first version of, of what I, you know, my content on life balance, and I remember this woman came up to me afterwards, and tears were streaming down her face, and she said, I want to do what you're saying. I want to live for my values. I want to do that. She goes, I don't even know how. And I remember there was something in that moment, Lauren, that like made me realize what a pain point this is for people. And so it, it ignited this fire in me. Well, I, you know, kept on speaking and then I started helping women start businesses. I wrote my first book, Business Boutique. I've done all this stuff in business, helping women start businesses, which I also love to do. But this message of life balance has never died. It has always been in me. Certainly it's taken on a life of its own since I've had three kids in five years and just added things to my, you know, crazy schedule as well. But I also realized it's a pain point because it's the number one question I'm asked by men and women everywhere that I go. How do you balance it all? How do you balance it all? How do you balance everything? And we've got all the analogies, spinning plates, walking a tightrope, juggling balls. Are they rubber balls, glass balls? Which balls can you let drop? All the analogies. And the truth is, I think you can do all that. I think you can walk the tightrope and juggle the balls and spin the plates and still feel out of balance. And so this is a major pain point for people that I wanted to tackle. And I wanted to bring a new definition of balance. And I wanted to bring a new perspective in this space because clearly people need help with it. And I do too. So how do you define balance then? Because I feel like even when I do have inspirational women on the podcast, especially when, you know, they are moms. And I think especially as women, we kind of always think about balance so much of like work and personal because it's such this new thing of like, you can do both. Whereas, you know, back in the day, even, you know, I mean, I have a young mom, but I guess my aunts, my mom, my grandma, it was like, you had to pick one or the other. And even as someone that started her career really young, I, I was always told I had to pick one or the other. So whenever I have an inspirational woman on, I'm like, how do you balance it? But I feel like even the question for you is like, how do you even define balance then? Yeah. Well, here's what's interesting. I think that, he, I think we have a couple different commonly accepted definitions of balance. One, I think we think it's a 50-50 split. Like you're going to work 50% of the time and have a life 50% of the time. And that is not realistic. And it's not even desirable. It's not practical in any way. We, that is, 
that is not possible. So when people feel that pressure, of course they get frustrated. They're like, oh, balance doesn't exist. Well, yeah, if you see it as this perfect scale, when that's not it at all. I think there's another kind of similar definition many people put pressure on themselves to achieve. And that is that you're going to do everything for an equal amount of time all the time. So you're going to have this much time to work out and this much time with friends and this much time with the spouse, this much time with kids, this much. That's not realistic either. And so I really wanted to bring a new perspective to this. So here's, here's the thesis of my whole book, Take Back Your Time. Life balance is not doing everything for an equal amount of time. It's about doing the right things at the right time. And when you do the mm. right things at the right time, you actually feel that sense of balance that you've been looking for all along. But depending on what season you're in, what's right for you will be different than your last season or your next season. Someone that is single is different than someone that has a newborn baby, is different than someone trying to build their career, is different than an Olympian like the Olympics this summer where someone's training like crazy. So you have to figure out what's right for you right now and then align your time with this. And that's what I walk through in the book. I give you five practical steps to balance, to doing the right things at the right time to show you how to do it in a practical way. But when you do that and you live it out, you actually feel balanced. But it's not because you perfectly walked the tightrope and because you perfectly kept all the balls in the air. It's because you actually created a sense of balance in your life. You became a balanced person, even in an out of balance world, even if you're busy. It's not that you stop doing everything. It's that you start doing the right things. And that gives you a sense of balance. And what's interesting, Lauren, is I found that when we ask for balance, what we're really seeking is being confident in our choices. When we say yes to that thing, mm. that thing. We want to be proud of how we spend our time. We want to stop freaking feeling guilty all the time. And we want to be happy and just enjoy our lives. I think that's what we're actually looking for when we ask this question about balance. It's so interesting, too, because even it says, you know, it's not a productivity book. And I think that sometimes people always say, or when you hear balance, it's because you want to balance your time so that you're even more productive at these things and that you can get them all done well and have this like routine and be perfect. And in your Instagram bio, it says like that you could take the quiz and figure out like what's off with your balance or what's going on. And even I, I felt as though that I was learning more from the questions you were asking me (laughs) as opposed to what you said. Cause like part of me is like, I know my issues. right? Right. But like, even when I was seeing like what I kind of agreed with what I didn't, I noticed that a lot, it was maybe more so not being confident in my choices, aligning them with not like my values in a sense of like that they're not strong or that I'm like just making quote unquote bad decisions. It was clear that I was like choosing things for other people or like running myself dry. And that almost comes into how you're describing this feeling of being balanced, not this like productivity or this like right and wrong black and white situation, because I think that people forget that the reason we want to be balanced is so that we're like enjoying things and that we're proud of them. We always talk about, you know, you want to make yourself proud. And I think that almost reflects into like being confident in your own choices. And for someone like me, maybe with not as clear of boundaries for other people, that can kind of cause the feeling of being out of balance. It's because like, I'm not balance for myself and confident in my decisions. Am I on the right track with that? Yeah, it's interesting because I think when you get to the root cause of what makes you feel that way, then you not only know what to do about it, but you can solve it at the root level versus just trying to rearrange your calendar and that feeling Mm. keeps creeping up and you wonder why you still feel that way. And that's why I love 
love the tagline of the book. So it's Take Back Your Time, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance, because really I think that guilt is a major, major issue when it comes to how we interact with our calendars, specifically women, of how we interact with our calendars and schedules. And I want to solve it at the root level and then watch how that actually affects how you manage your calendar. But it's interesting when you start to discover what gets in the way of me doing the right things at the right time. For someone, it might be people-pleasing. For someone else, they're just trying to run too hard and do too many things. For someone else, they might feel like, I've got to make other people's problems my problem. Some people get sucked into social media and technology. Different for everybody. And for many of us, it's a combination of things. But when you understand it, then it helps bring clarity to what's right for you. Say, what's right right now? What's right for me right now? What's right for Lauren? What's right for Christy? What's right right now? I'm going to do that. And then it helps me shake the guilt of all these other things, all these other opportunities, which might even be good opportunities. If you're a person with a lot of interests, like I am, or you want to do a lot of things, asking yourself this question, what's right right now, can be so powerful because it helps you focus on what is right right now, but at the same time realizing just because something isn't right right now doesn't mean it's never right. Like there's all kinds of things I want to do. I want to travel to Europe. That's not right right now, but it doesn't mean, oh, well, I just have to give up all these things. No, I want to help people understand what's right in the context of their season, their week, and their day. And that can change. And it should. You have permission to change your mind, change your plans, change your priorities as your life changes. But it's really powerful when you ask yourself that question, what's right right now? Do that and then watch how that helps you feel more balanced because now you're doing the right things and shaking your guilt from all those other things that you're not doing. Quick break because you guys, Big Brother is back with an all new group of house guests moving into the newly redesigned house and living together under 24-7 surveillance. It's sure to be a high stakes summer full of big risks and big rewards where one wrong gamble could cost a house guest everything, including the $500,000 grand prize. With 94 HD cameras and 113 microphones, the competitor's every move is recorded with the live feeds. You can see how it all plays out. Listen on every conversation, argument, and alliance from every angle at once with the multi-camera setup. Get nonstop access to the house guests on exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com slash BB23 to try it free today. Back to the podcast. So what would you say then when you kind of like have that thought conversation with yourself and realize that maybe something isn't right right now? Like what do you do with that thought or like even something as simple as like I want to travel to Europe and maybe it's not right right now. What do you do with it? Is there like kind of almost, not like a system, but something where you like, okay, save it for a rainy day, write it down on a different list. Cause you mentioned something about like to do, to do lists and like, are they even beneficial or not? Right. So kind of what is kind of the thought organizational system then in taking back your time when it comes to the stuff that's maybe not in the moment and in the season, right for you? Yeah, I think there's a range. That's a great question. I think there's a range. So for example, um, <laughs> this is so practical, but like right now, Lauren, true story. Let's just keep it real. Um, my house isn't real clean and it's just not <laughs> real clean most of the time right now. And I could look at that and I could feel really guilty, right? Like, oh, my house isn't as clean as I want it to be. Or I could look at that and go, I'm in the middle of launching a book. I have three kids aged six and under and I'm in seminary. My messy house isn't a sign of failure it means my priorities are somewhere else and that's okay. I actually intentionally choose to focus on my book, playing with my kids and doing my homework for seminary versus staying up till two in the morning, trying to also have a perfectly clean house Mm. in this season that is very demanding of me. 
So when you when you when you walk through the path, you know, step one is figure out what matters. Step two is stop doing what doesn't matter. When you identify what doesn't really matter right now in this season, it helps you shake the guilt from that and realize, okay, a messy bonus room is actually a sign that I've chosen my yes somewhere else. And so it helps me shake the feeling of being a failure. But then you have these other ideas, right? Like these other dreams. And you can have a dream board, a vision board, a Pinterest board, whatever. Of Like, I want to go to Europe. I want to start a business. I want to run a marathon. Those are dreams that like, you know, when my kids are, I don't know, my youngest is five or six and I'm comfortable going to Europe. I don't know. I'd probably be more comfortable leaving them then than when they're so little. So you just can save those bigger ideas uh, somewhere else, you know, in a, in a in a vision board or something like that. But I think the practical day-to-day um, really helps set you free from the pressure to do everything all the time. I'm not working out right now, hardly at all. I'm not seeing my friends and my house is not super clean. It doesn't mean I'm failing. I love those things. I did those things this summer. I'll probably do them again in the spring. Right now, this fall, I'm heads down launching a freaking book. I'm in seminary and I wanna be with my kids every minute outside of that. And so it just reminds you, it's not about what you're saying no to. It's about what you're saying yes to. And again, recentering on what's right right now. Do you find that when you are like talking and speaking to so many women, do you think that they're all that everyone's kinds of guilt? Because I think like the more we talk about it, I feel like it really it sounds so simple, right? You're like, oh, just like file it away for like, of course, right now it's it's not right and it doesn't make sense. Like just you'll figure that out when it's right. Do you feel like that woman, especially because, you know, I think that, I mean, we could run the world technically. We, we <laughs> totally. can do it all. So it's like, do you think that like we all kind of almost not exactly, but women c- tend to come to you with like similar things that they struggle with balancing of. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think there's a, there's definitely an element of struggling with balance, but if, if we want to like peel away the layers here and we could get into some of the like research shows this, it's really interesting what is unique to women, for example, but often women are always focused on what they're not doing and where they're not. And I have done this as well. Mm-hmm. So when I was at work, I was thinking about my kids. I'm a bad mom. I'm missing out. I'm missing field day. When I'm at home, I'm thinking about work. Oh, I missed the deadline, missed the project, missed the email. I was always focused on where I was not. Well, if you mm. live your whole life this way, always focused on where you're not, then of course you feel guilty because you're always focused on where you're not. And you completely miss the moment that you're in. We also do this with our to-do list. So we put 45 things on it. We accomplish 43. And then we feel guilty for the two that we didn't get to. When we perpetually focus on where we are falling short in our mind, we spin up this narrative that we're failing. And that narrative is completely untrue. And then we reinforce it with the words that we say. So women stand around at the mom's group at the play date or around the water cooler at work and say, oh, I'm just failing. I'm just failing as a mom. I'm just failing at work. I haven't worked out. My house is a mess. I forgot my kid's lunch. And we reinforce this narrative, this lie that we're failing. You are not failing. Look at all of the things that you have done. Look at all of the things that you have succeeded and look at the 43 things you freaking accomplished on Saturday. And so there's a very practical piece of this as I walk through the book, helping women see where and how they're succeeding. Mm. And it's not so much because they're managing their time differently. That's a piece of it but it's also appreciating how they're spending their time. So I'll do, I'll do a quick flyover of the path to balance. So if you're going to do the right things at the right time, how do you do that? 
Step one, figure out what matters. What matters to you right now in this season? Step two, stop doing what doesn't matter. And you get to decide what that is. Step three, super practical, create a calendar that reflects what matters. Those things you said Mm -hmm. in step one that matter to you, they need to go on the calendar if they're going to actually happen. And you know that, but we need to actually do it. Step four, protect what matters. That's with setting boundaries and saying no and protecting that thing you work so hard to create. But step five is what we're talking about right now. And that is being present for what matters. Because even if you create the most perfect schedule in the world, if you're not present for it, you miss it. And so I think there's something very powerful about flipping your focus to be where your feet are. Wherever you are, be there. When you're at work, be at work and be proud of what you're doing. When you're at home, be at home and be proud of what you're doing. Wherever you are, be there and watch how that not only helps you shake the guilt of what you're not doing in that exact moment, it helps you experience what you're doing and even enjoy it more. So I think that being present is one of the really key components for this whole thing to work for you to feel balanced. I think it's so funny too. It's like, even when you said, you know, figure out what matters and figure out what doesn't, like what matters right now. I feel like even the way our brains as like, especially young women who are, have all this like social media and stuff. My first thing is like, well, I could think of a million things that would matter. Right. And like, I could fill up a whole page of things I should be doing right now. And so it's, how do you almost like really kind of like shake someone and be like, no, like this is the key to figuring out what actually matters because you even said, right, like you're launching a book and you have like young children, like, of course, like your, your den and your workout schedule isn't as important. But when you tell me to like, okay, go reflect and think about what matters. The first thing I'm going to think is like, well, of course I can make 30 minutes to work out. So then it's like this, like burnout culture, right? Where you are trying to do it all. I think especially as young women who maybe can finagle more, like make more excuses. And like, it's easier to guilt. Cause like we're young and we can handle it. And like, nothing matters. Work hard. But it, I, you know, I feel like, especially the people that follow me know that I can attest to like, it's, there's no longevity in it anyway. So for me, I feel like it's like, I hear what you're saying and I understand it. It's almost like, how do I know to trust myself on the stuff that matters? You know? Yeah. Asking, asking someone what matters to you sounds like so simple on the surface. It's actually a very deep question and it can be really mm-hmm. hard to answer. Um, especially if you've never stopped to take in the, to take the time. So a lot of times, um, moms that are, that are just in the trenches of little kids, you ask them like, Hey, what matters to you? They're like, I don't know. I'm so tired. You ask a young woman in her (laughs) early twenties, Hey, what matters? Like, I don't know, girl, I'm having a good time. Just building my career. Right? (laughs) Like it's a difficult question to answer in the book. And step one, when I, when I walk through this, I actually back out of that and give you a different question. And here's the question Mm. that helps you think about it differently. You say, who do I want to be? So, so when you start to say, who do I want to be? And by the way, that doesn't mean you're going to actually become someone different, but you think of what type of person I want to be. What do I want to be known for? And that can change, by the way. Then it helps you understand what you need to do, what matters most and what should go on your calendars. And this will change. Like when I was in high school, what mattered most, Lauren, was like who I was going to ride to the football game with on Friday night. Like that (laughs) was so important. In my early 20s, I was working 80 hours a week trying to build my career at a nonprofit and working on the farm because I had this farm dream that I thought sounded really cool. That's what mattered then. You fast forward to, uh, you know, I just had surgery in November. Those, that season of, of the months following my recovery, 
I could barely walk. I was trying to heal. Like all that mattered was just healing and eating good foods and taking care of my body and go to my doctor's appointments. And right now I'm in the middle of launching a book. I'm on the road. I'm traveling. I'm working all the time. I've been at last summer. I played. I didn't work Fridays. I played with my kids. What matters in any season will change. But if you back out of out of your day-to-day grind and running and just responding and reacting to your point to all the good opportunities out there and just say, hey, who do I want to be? Like right now at 22, 32, 42, 62, 82, who do I want to be in this season of life? What do I want to be known for right now? And you jot down, and I I walk you through an exercise in the book. You jot down three to five words. I want to be this. Mm. I want to be this. Let me give you an example of some of mine. I want to be hardworking. I value hard work. I want to be fun. I want to be present. I want to be a person of faith. Well, when I write down these three to five attributes of who I want to be in this season, this is the priority for me. Then, then when I get to the stage where I'm going to make my calendar, it helps inform my calendar because I think, okay, what do I need to do in order to be who I want to be? Well, if I'm going to be fun, Lauren, I need rest. Listen, I'm no fun when I'm not rested. I'm grouchy. I'm impatient. I'm hostile. Like no one needs to be around me and I can do it. I can run on no sleep. Two nights ago, I didn't get much sleep, but I'm not happy. I'm not enjoying my day. I just, I just power through, right? You just rally. But if I want to be fun, then I can start to carve out, okay, let me get a more intentional sleep schedule as much as I can with little kids in order to be fun. If I'm going to be fun, I also need margin. I can't rush from one thing to the next to the next and be fun. When I am rushed, I am impatient and angry and stressed. I'm not, I'm not loving. I'm not present. So, okay, well, then that lets me know when I have 30 minutes between this thing and that thing, I don't need to cram in another thing. I could just mm. or a cup of coffee, get somewhere early for once in my life. Like, like it forces you to think about your calendar differently when you think about who do I want to be? And then that tells me what's important to me. And that tells me what I should do. So I really love to not just skim the surface of let's manage our calendar better, but let's get to the deeper issues and say like, like for someone listening that's young, that's in their early twenties, while, while how you spend your time, you have lots of options with it. I would say, where, where are you going? You know, where do you want to see yourself when you're 30? And then it doesn't have to be every single decision is this super big goal oriented thing, but it does help you inform it. Because if you think I want to be here in 30, when I'm at 30, you back out and say, what must be true today? There may be women listening that are working 80 hours a week, like I was, and that's absolutely right for them. Because they're in a season where what matters to them is building their career. Someone absolutely busting it to build their career, get their foot in the door, advance in their company. They're single. They don't have any kids. And that's what's important to them. Awesome. That's balance to you because you're doing the right things at the right time. And so no one gets to tell you what balance looks like for you. And no one gets to tell you what you should do with your time. What I want to do as an author and coach is help you discover that for yourself and then show you the steps to get there. I love how it's such like a, it's so also like related to the calendar and just like such a refreshing way though. You know, it's like, even like your one example is okay. Like I want to have fun. So how do I look at my calendar and like, make sure I'm doing that. And cause you know, you don't really hear anyone give that advice of, Oh, well like my morning routine consists of this and you know, I get this, this and this done and I'm productive. I've never really like 
correlated my values with like my actual like time management because it's something that like you you it's just such a new way to think about balance it just seems balance seems like tedious of genuinely like you said earlier like splitting the time but I also know who I want to be on the side right and like it's so weird because it sounds so simple of like actually merging them and meshing them together and it, it you've just really hit the nail on the head like on every point of like even like the stuff that like aligns with my values, like even like family time for me, it's like, well, I'm exhausted and I need to spend time with my family, but then I feel so guilty and I feel like I'm over apologizing and I'm not doing enough. And that's almost too, like not even enjoying where I am in the moment. Like it's just, it's so pertinent, but so simple. And I think it's, it's almost like genuinely like a challenge. I feel like for a young woman to think about things this way, because how are you ever going to quote unquote turn into that you know person that you hope to be in five years if you haven't had any fun or you haven't gotten any rest and I just love that it's you know things that are valuable and meaningful actually coordinate with your calendar it's like you never really put two and two together it's like yes of course do your values and do this and then have an awesome routine and it's like wait a second shouldn't those things like actually go together if they're going to like amount to anything because I've never thought about it like that but that's also coming from someone who you know, got burnt out. And maybe that was the right thing for me at the right time. Like, I love this, like, guilt-free approach to it, too. Because it's not like I was, quote-unquote, doing anything wrong or anyone's doing anything wrong right now. But I think it is, like, this, like, challenge of, like, well, why don't you try to look at your life like this for, like, even the next week and see if it shifts at all? Because I think it sounds beautiful to be able to take back your time and then, like, actually be proud of yourself and just enjoy it more. Because even when I'm sure you were working so hard and doing all this stuff, like, I'm sure you were enjoying it, right? At least a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, for sure. And I think that when we put the pressure on ourselves that life balance has to look a certain way, then we feel guilty. We can actually be doing the right thing at the right time but feel bad. And that's why being present for what you're doing is such a key piece of this where you realize – Just because life balance looks like this for her, she's a stay-at-home mom, and I'm working in an ad agency, you know, in New York, absolutely through the grind all day and all night, and someone else is doing this. When you start to realize, hey, life balance looks different for everyone, and you get to decide what your version of balance is in this season, and oh, by the way, you have permission to change your mind or your priorities or your plans, but right now you get to define what that is for you and shake the guilt that it should look like something else so that you can appreciate it, because I loved those years, they were right. Now, not easy. Now, life balance doesn't mean everything's easy, right? Like little kids are not easy, but is is right. It gives you this sense of peace and centeredness that you're doing the right things at the right time. And, and one of the things that I hear all the time is I hear people say things like, oh, I love to work out, but I never have the time to, or I want to go on a date with my spouse, but I never, we can never make our schedules line up, or I want to start a business, but I never can find the time to. As long as you do not spend your time on those things that you value, you will be stressed, frustrated, anxious, and out of balance because there's a disconnect between what you actually care about and what you actually spend your time on. And my Mm. goal and heart behind this book is to bridge that gap, to help you put on paper on purpose those things that matter most to you. You get to decide what they are. I'm just going to help you live them out. And it's funny because the calendar is one of those things where all of us, especially women say this, we're like, oh, I live by my calendar. I live by it, live by it, live by my calendar. But then we're shocked when all these things we say we care about don't happen, yet we yeah. never put them on the calendar. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you did not put the things that matter most on the system you've chosen to live your life by 
and then wonder why they don't have it. Let's just put them on there. Let's just go ahead and put those on there. Whatever they are, you decide what they are, but put them on there. If, if someone's listening right now, they're young and they want to date, like, are you putting yourself out there? Is there, are there dates on your calendar? Because if not, a year's going to go by and you didn't date. And you're like, man, I wish I was dating. Okay. Well then put that on the calendar, put yourself out there and begin to align your time with those things that you say matter most to you so that they actually happen. It's so, it, I, I'm like, I find myself just like giggling because I'm just like, I had this conversation with a friend one time where I was like, yeah, of course I want to meditate, but like, why would I put it on my calendar? Like my <laughs> calendar's for like the stuff that like I need to do. And, like, and does meditation I've literally happen? had no. that conversation. No. No. Have I, have I woken up and meditated no. once? No. no. Like, have I thought about it? Obviously, 100%. but it's just so funny because you don't like the, I, it feels like the things that quote unquote matter, you assume that they matter so much to you that you're, you're just going to like, obviously get them done. And then obviously. all the other like quote unquote work stuff is just going to go on your calendar. And then like, I've been working long enough to know that that's just not true. Well, I only do the stuff on my calendar and then I probably sit on my phone the rest of the time. hundred percent. And you put it on your calendar. Why? Because you don't want to miss it. Like I put flights on right. my calendar. I put meetings and doctor's appointments and yeah. soccer practice because I don't want to miss it. But all this other stuff. We don't put on there and then we don't wonder why it does happen. I'll tell you, some people may think of it as like legalistic. It's just a tool. You can make it look like whatever you want. You can say 10 a.m. That's my wake up time. Cool. You do whatever you want to. It's your tool. But what's fascinating is when you put it on on the calendar, it actually happens. It actually does. Like Mm -hmm. I have given myself an earlier bedtime because I will stay up scrolling Instagram till 11 o'clock and I'm tired and grouchy the next day. I'm like, I didn't like how I used that time. That was not beneficial to me. That wasn't important to me at all. And I talk about that in the book, but I'll give myself a bedtime of like 9.30, go upstairs. Well, because I put it on my phone, like a real thing, I go and it happens. And because I put yoga at 5 a.m., I get up and go. But if you don't, you won't. And so step three in the path is very practical, but it's amazing how that one practical step helps you meditate or or take that class or start that business or go on that date or do whatever that thing is for you. You decide what it is. I just want to help you do it. I mean, now I feel like I have so many things to decide because you, you, you've made it very clear that I have to decide what I want to do. I get it. Fine. I'll think about it. But I'm so excited for your book to come out. When does it come out? And like in the meantime, because I know it doesn't come out till September, right? Right. It's available. So in the meantime, where can we like, make sure we're at least figuring it out until you give us all of your wisdom in September. (laughs) Well, you can go to christywright.com slash balance and you can pre-order your copy. And when you do, you get the ebook and the audio book and a ticket to my event for free. And so that's fun because then you could, you know, have the book and give away the ebook or whatever if you want to. But, um, but it's September 14th is when it launches. And then the event will be September 16th. And you can watch that. Just take back your time live. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just super excited about it. I hope it helps a lot of people. Well, it's definitely going to help me and every single girl my age that I know. So I can only imagine the people listening to the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. We're so excited. And I just want to like dive into it. I think I'm pretty sure I already requested an advanced copy, but of course I'm going to pre-order as well because (laughs) it's the little things that count, right? Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's mood. Make sure to go on up to the Apple podcast store. Give us a five-star review. Make it nice. Boost someone's mood today. Make sure to follow on Instagram at mood with Lauren Elizabeth at Lauren Elizabeth. Send this podcast to someone who needs to think about balance. Give them a mood booster. And I will talk to you guys next Wednesday. Bye.